This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Tanner, often I like to say that we're back at the beginning of an episode, but this time I was about to say <gasps> it and I realized that. Jack! Did I scare you? What happened? What year is it? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's. I think you're approaching this. What year is it? I just had the most awful dream. We were both teenage girls. <laughs> we were living in the future. Mm hmm. Society had collapsed. Everything was focused on our podcast. Yeah. They rebuilt society around <laughs> our podcast. I see. Yes. Okay. But we weren't us. It's 2020. We were, what were we in the dream? We weren't us. We were teen girls. We were there, but we were teen girls. It was us, but it wasn't us. It was kind of the dream logic stuff, you know? We had like a radio broadcast. Oh, it was like a, yeah, it was like a state funded sort of 1984 double speak radio broadcast. Okay, yeah. Seal, Kiss from a Rose. Uh huh. I've had that same dream. Yeah. RX bars. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing anyone eats in the future. Yeah. Oh, it was such a bad dream. I'm so scared. I would never see my wife or family or you ever again, you know? Right. Did you like the other teenage girl that I was, I guess? She was cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, my teenage girl character definitely connected with her, you know? Yeah. Like, the same kind of camaraderie friendship that we have mm-hmm. carried through to these teenage girls. But, yeah, it was scary, and I didn't like it. Did you also get the vibe? Because when I have that dream, I get the vibe that although they're friends, at any point, one or the other of them might report the other one to, to some, like, thought police, faceless thought police authority and have yeah. them executed. Definitely, definitely came to mind, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like if any, if it were any of the teenage girls reporting the other one to the Thought Police, it would be Lakeland reporting Michaela. Is that right? Are you Lakeland? It's it's difficult to rem- well in the dream. It's, it's always one say. or the other, you know. Right. Um, but no, no, I can assure you that we're back. Uh, it's 2020, and I should say to our listeners um, that. Um, what has probably happened to you is you've forgotten that there were 10 episodes where we talked about the video novels. Oh, good. So the video novels has already happened. Yeah. The video okay, novels great. has happened. I'm starting to uh, sort of align. I'm starting to click into place a little bit. I'm aligning myself. And to, to answer your question, it is 2020. It is 2020. Yeah. Okay. Has the killer is the killer bees. Has that happened? No, that's not. That hasn't happened. Yet. The murder hornets. The murder hornets. People have heard of them, but they don't know the the thing with them. okay. The, like the, you know what the I mean. The big pandemic. Thing. Did that happen yet? The pandemic happened. And that's happened. And, and did we get the vaccine yet? No, no vaccine yet. Uh, okay, and then it mutating into a super the, pandemic. No, we we should probably. There's all sorts of stuff that people don't know about yet. Okay, and the robot uprising. None of that. That Robot I know. Renaissance? It's beginning, but not in a way that people have heard of. Robot Renaissance happened yet? Robot Renaissance? I actually don't know about that one. It sounds nice. Oh, okay. It's like art? Yeah, they take over, and then there's sort of a beautiful renaissance where they do a lot of like poetry and art. A uh, lot of really beautiful stuff. About how much they miss the people? Um. Well, no, they're using us as... It's it's like can you miss a battery? You right. Know? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, no, none of that has happened yet. And it is 2020, the last good year. People, I remember my memory is that people at the time didn't think it was a good one. Yeah. But in retrospect, it's sort of, it, it tends to be thought of as the last good year. Skynet? None of that. Active yet? I don't think so. I, <laughs> what, what you're, you're getting and the me renegade. From- and then like, we sent some guys back in time to take over Skynet. And what they ended up doing was loading video episodes of the babysitters club video novel onto right. skynet and yeah. that is sort of what caused the collapse of society and yeah. the focus like society sort of becomes about the babysitters club right none and- of that has happened and we still have time to prevent it okay Great. um but what i should say to folks who haven't put together what has happened is that before the babysitters club video novels we yeah. recorded one episode of Friends Forever where we didn't know we were going to do the video novels. Yes. One so episode of Friends really, Forever. We didn't really t- talk about it at all. We didn't address <laughs> it. Where we did know we were going to do the video novels. And now we're doing one where we definitely know that we did the video novels and we're back in time from the future. Oh, so we, not only the video novels out, but we've done them. We've recorded them. Yeah. Okay. So I hope that's clear to people. Welcome listeners who just came in for the video novels and are interested to see what the radio novel stuff is all about. I hope this is all mm-hmm. making stuff. I mean, welcome. I mean, you've been here for three episodes now of Friends yep. Forever. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the radio novel episodes yep. where we talk about the radio novels. Yep. Um, we are sort of mid. We're in Medias Res. Uh, half chub. Okay, that's. I was going to say in medias res, which is a much nicer way of saying that. And what you've said is half chub, I think, which is a. We're a, sort of half of a, chub okay, right yeah. now. You don't want to go with my one? Through it's a Latin the phrase. Friends Forever series. It means we in the did, middle of the thing. That's what kind of what half chub means, too. Okay, um, yeah. We did talk about the first several. Books. Yeah, people know that they've listened to they listened to two Friends Forever since the the video novels. What I'd love to do right, is right, right. Oh, yes, say yes, yes. to you, Tanner, is hi hi, uh, hi, and welcome to the Babysitters Club. Club, Club. we say it together. We do now. it at the same time now. A uh, podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I'm Tanner Greenring, talk about the classic radio novels by The Hand That Shakes. That's right, I'm talking about The Princess of the Prince of Towns, St. Annabelle Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bat. She is the first of her name, of course, the last of her kind, and the last hope for humankind. And this week we're going to be talking about a classic radio novel in the great sitter's cycle the friends forever section called friends forever number eight mary ann's revenge mm. I, I i'm acting like i don't know what it is i do know what it is i read the book <laughs> yeah you actually convinced me i was like oh, I, got, I got him i titillated him with that one but <laughs> you did know what it was because you read it too we both I loved did. it it's a great one i was describing it to you before we started recording as good clean babysitting fun you pushed back pretty hard i pushed back pretty hard because i want you to really think about it jack uh-huh. let's let's examine every step of the phrase you just said yeah good yes yes check good book Fun to read, nice to read, f- engaging, good. Yeah. Fun. Yes. Yes. Sort of a lot of overlap with good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, it was also fun. It was good and fun. Babysitting. No. No. Not one. Not one baby. Clean, I would say no. Not clean. It's dirty. Yeah, it's pretty filthy. dirty. 
Yeah. But here's why I said Marianne it. gets nasty. Marianne gets nasty. It's Mar- and Koki's It's like, Marianne's Koki makeover. Koki was fucking born nasty. On steroids. Yes. Well, and this is, if I recall correctly, and it's been a thousand years. Yeah. Since we we're beeping a bopping all the way through time, and folks need to give us you. It's like it's jet lag, but time lag. We've been back in the past. We're back in the future. We're back from the future. It's very difficult for us to know where we alternate timelines. Time. So where... give us a minute while we try yeah. to remember what the fuck this podcast is about. What were you going to say? Were you going to talk about the Glaive Order? The Glaive Order, yes. So that's the signature sort of on the Friends Forever. Series that we re- have re- that we are rec- have recorded in the pe- are recording now. We're currently recording one of them. That's all we can know. And the glaive order is that there's a weapon from Krull, Krull mm-hmm. called the glaive, which is sort of a um, it's the uh, ultimate weapon. It's the ultimate weapon. It's sort of a um, spoke with tine sharpened tines coming off. That's of right. It in sort of a swirl. Yeah, like a whirlpool. Yeah. And actually, that... can I correct you just very quickly before you yeah. carry on? I should say that in Crawl, if you've seen it, the ultimate weapon does prove to be the power of their love. Right. And that's ultimately going to be what the Glaive Order is about, too. Second best, second best weapon on the books is the Glaive. Yep. Yeah. And that is what these books are, too, these radio novels, because we read the core series, and the core series had a number of messages and takeaways. And Anne revealed to us the Hatchet Order, which is kind of like the two-dimensional way of reading it. And it's a good way. It's better than reading it, like, chronologically. If it's all you can process, if it's if it's all your tiny, feeble mind is capable of taking in, sure, it's a fine way to process it. But the yeah. real way to understand these novels is the Glade Three chess. It's 3D chess, and I think the way that it works, if I remember correctly, is you take a Friends Forever book, and that's the center of the glaive, and then you yeah. figure out what all the squeakles are yes. to that Friends Forever book. It's a term of art. And those are all... It's a shared term of art, and it's only used in two mediums. Yeah. One is this show and talking about the Babysitter's Club book, radio novels. The other is Albert and the Chipmunks films. Oh, is it? It's in. It's used in that as well. They, I think, they borrowed it from us. Uh, okay, yeah, I because they wanted that. to lend a little gravitas to their film series. But I don't yeah. watch kids' movies. I know it from Lit Crit. You know. Yep. And so you got to find out what the times of the glaive are. One of the times of the glaive, clearly the the spiritual sequel, the squeakquel, if you will, to this novel is Marianne's makeover. I would also add number one twenty two, Christy in charge. That's when she and. Uh, Carrie Retlin to have like a standoff about who's the boss of the PE yeah. or PT, as you say in England. What? <laughs> Physical therapy? Physical training, I think. Um, I would also add, if I can throw my hat in the ring. Please. Babysitter's Club number 17, Marianne's Bad Luck Mystery. Excellent, yeah. Wherein Marianne faces off mano y mano with... Mm. Cookie Mason. Mason. Uh, can I add and can I throw my hat in the ring with? Uh, you already did. You said I have another hat. The one hat on a hat. Shit. It's like that meme where the guy has has a bucket on his head and he takes the bucket off and there's another bucket. Best up. meme. <laughs> Best meme. Do you know the book Caps for Sale? Excuse me. There's a children's book called Caps for Sale. Caps for Sale. No, I'm not familiar. Caps for Sale. It's a classic. It's a Reading Rainbow Select. It's from. I'm gonna guess the. 60s uh, or something. Okay. Maybe even earlier, 40s. 
It's about a, a hat salesman who's wandering the countryside and he can't sell any of his hats and he has his hats stacked up on his head, probably 30 hats, caps. And he can't sell any of them, so he goes out to the countryside to take a nap and when he wakes up, he realizes that every single one of his hats except for his own checked hat, which is on his head, has been taken okay. by monkeys okay. in the tree above him where he decided to rest. Okay. And he's pissed at these monkeys and he shakes his hands at them and they shake his, their hands back at him. Okay. And he stomps his feet and they stomp their feet back at him. And then he's so frustrated, he throws his cap down in frustration. Okay. And guess what the monkeys do? They get the one that he threw. They throw their caps down oh, in frustration. Okay. I, I did not and get the, guess the mystery on that one. <laughs> it all looks like it maybe takes place in Poland, but it's very difficult to figure out where this sort of architecture is, where people are selling caps, and where there are lots of monkeys living in trees. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. So it's sort of a a false place. You know? Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And I wonder, it hasn't shed any light on whether or not I can throw my hat into the ring here. But Yes. Well, you can, and the monkeys will all do it, too. Okay. That I seems fine. trick. That's fine. Yeah. I'd like to suggest Christy and the Copycat, my favorite Babysitter's Club novel, number 74, where she's- This is news to me. Hey, this is news to me. It's my favorite. It's now, the one where she burns a man. Yes. And she sneaks you out of like, her house and burns. You a man. really have an affinity for all the Babysitters Club books where the girls do crime. Yeah, wine crimes, and then when the one where Christy burns a man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that's even referenced in this. <laughs> There's a fucking wonderful passage in this novel, and sorry, in this radio novel, where um, Marianne is debating whether to sneak out of her house to go to Cokie Mason's party. Which we will t- discuss. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. And uh, Christy is like, oh, sneaking out super easy. I did it once when I burned a man and got did caught. It burn, and it was a the, fucking disaster. And my parents caught me and I almost killed a man. And it was the worst night of my life. But the point is that actually getting out of the house was fairly easy. You yeah, should do it. Was, it. it was easy and you should do it. Yeah. Um, the Good book. Good book. We should describe it. That one. Good book, this one. Yeah. And do you do want to describe it? Yeah, let's do describe it twice. I think, oh, fuck, we do it twice now? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That can't be right. I describe it, then you describe it. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. What a waste of time. <laughs> Look, it's the system that's worked for us. How do we do it? I describe it, and it yeah. sounds good. Uh-huh. And then you describe it with a big bad clock, and it doesn't sound good, but it gets a lot more information across. Oof, that sounds bad, man. <laughs> I think let's just have you do it this week. No, we're going to do both. I'm going to describe it, then I'm going to put 60 seconds on just a big bad see, clock. Jack, just to see how it feels. During those 60 seconds, I know how it feels. During those 60 seconds, you will describe every single thing that happens in this novel, and you've got a little bit of time to think about it. I won't. And that time is going to be during my description. Not Are you ready? Think about it. Okay. Do you want to mute yourself? No. Okay. Are you ready? No. Okay. I'm going to begin now. I'm going to be difficult. It does seem like it. (laughs) Here we go. Now that she's single, Marianne Spear has a lot of time to think about her interests. Like any other eighth grader, she's interested in music, parties, fashion, and friendship. She's interested in books and old movies. She's interested in boys. And she's interested 
in revenge. Not your garden variety revenge, but the shove hot pokers in their eyes and wall them up in a basement type of revenge. The type of revenge that turns the whole world as red as the rage that burns inside her. The type of revenge that leaves a pile of bodies. And all of this is very, very bad news for the girl who's got her eye on Marianne's ex. Now that she's single, Marianne Spear has a lot of time to think about her interests and what she's particularly interested in doing today is making Cokie Mason suffer. Babysitter's Club, Friends Forever, number eight, Marianne's Revenge. You happy with that performance? It seemed fine. Okay. What about you? Did you like it? I was pretty indifferent, to be honest. You're mad because I'm making you describe the book. It's for our listeners. Yeah. People want to know what yeah. happened. They haven't necessarily read it. I'm gonna put. Some... I'm pretty. I'm pretty pissed off. I'm pretty pissed off about doing it twice. Okay. <laughs> We've done it like uh, literally hundreds of times. Yeah, and I'm pissed about it. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna put sixty seconds on this big bad clock. During those sixty seconds, I would love for you to describe every single thing that happens in this novel. Are you ready? No. You are to begin now. I'm looking at the my notes to remind myself what happened. Time is ticking. Okay. Marianne and Koki are in a fight because they're both in yearbook club together. <laughs> and it's time for yearbooks, and Koki wants to do superlatives, and Marianne doesn't because she thinks that space could be better used for something more interesting. Koki wins because she's fucking bossy, and there's some some nobody called Willie or Woody or something like that now. Mm-hmm. No, like no one knows who this dude is. Yeah. They do superlatives. They vote. Uh, Koki's being a nasty woman to um, Marianne mm-hmm. about the breakup with Logan. And she wants to get hot and nasty with Logan. And they... Koki rigs the superlatives so that she wins everything and starts spreading rumors about Marianne. And then Marianne and stands up to her and says, fuck you. And she also and says, time. fuck you to Richard. Bad job. Very bad job. Yeah. Your attitude was, part, was I think, a big part My of it. My attitude's bad. And I think I'm, I'm still feeling a little... A little burned. A little salty. Yeah. About the fact that we're doing this twice. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this sort of Sonic adventure that our listeners are going to go on and it's like, why are they doing it twice? And it's like, I don't know, you know? So yeah, I'm struggling a little bit. I struggled a little bit. Sonic's adventure. You said Sonic's adventure. (laughs) Dreamcast. (laughs) Um, uh, Let me fill in some gaps for you because it was a good book. Marianne, the reason that it is a, is a squeakquel or a spiritual sequel to Marianne's makeover is Marianne is evolving. It was Dreamcast, yes. 1998 platformer. Great. Perfect. And since you walked with me on that, can you walk with me on this as well? Try to keep up? Sorry? I was looking up Sonic's Adventure. Okay, remember great. It came, the Dreamcast game came with the, um, the VMU unit that no, you plugged I didn't in have your Dreamcast a Dreamcast. controller, and you raised little no. chaos. What are they called? Emerald. Cows. Cha- chaos. 
in the VMU? No. Like a Tamagotchi? That's not interesting to me. Okay. Well, that's interesting to me. This book is Marianne's makeover on steroids. I've said it before. I'll say it again, frankly. Keep saying it. Marianne is evolving. She's changing. She's becoming. She, well, she's also shrinking, isn't she? Mm. She is in the first half of the novel. In the first half of the novel, she's shrinking. In the second half of the novel, she's growing. I smiled weakly and tried to think of a comeback, but I couldn't. I felt about two inches tall. The incredible shrinking Marianne was getting smaller by the minute. This is a motif that recurs. She's getting smaller. She's Benjamin Buttoning. She's Benjamin Buttoning. She's getting smaller. She's reverse aging. Yeah. She falls in love with Kate Blanchett, I think. I've never seen Benjamin Button. I haven't seen it either. We talk about it a lot. Yeah. For two guys who have never seen it. Yeah. We talk about it a lot. A lot. We also talk about The Notebook a lot, and I've never seen that. I think it's the same plot. It's the same plot. I've never seen it. Isn't it? It might be the same plot, yeah. Notebook is Benjamin Button in reverse. Wow, that's a fan theory. Think about that. I think you should go to Wolfnards and write that up right now. Isn't that good? Yeah. Notebook is Benjamin Button in reverse. Think about it. Think about it. That makes a lot of sense to me. Having seen neither film, <laughs> yeah, I'm same. fully bought on. Yeah. I'm fully on board with that theory. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should write it up. I mean, I guess almost every movie is Benjamin Button in reverse. Not every movie. Well, a lot of them. Not Benjamin Button. Not, cent- not Bicentennial Man. Okay. <laughs> Marianne is shrinking in the first half of the novel, and then she's evolving in the second half of the novel. And Chrissy is coaxing out Marianne's dark side. She makes me... Let's st- think about this. Yeah. Let's think about this for a second. Shut up. Okay. We just got done with the video novels. Yeah. In our and in our world. For everyone else, main, three weeks have passed. I literally cannot cannot parse the timeline anymore, and I, I shan't and I refuse to. Yeah. Smart. It's impossible to say. Yeah. The whole thrust of the video novels was that it's all moths, baby. It's all moths. Yeah. Moth lore. Moth lore. Yeah. Let me ask you a question about something that shrinks. Okay. Encases itself in a protective cocoon, mm-hmm. shrinks, mm-hmm. and then grows into something beautiful and free and takes flight mm-hmm. and takes to the sky afterwards. A half chub. Half chub. <laughs> yep. And that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I think Marianne <laughs> is a half chub. No, it's a moth, isn't it? You were going to say. No, no, no. Half chub. Half chub is what I was going to say. Is it also a moth? Could be a moth, I guess, if you want to think of it that way. But I was thinking half chub. Yeah. I don't know how they did it. And Nola. Oh, by the way. Oh. Uh, Tanner, I try to help you, but something's happening to me. Oh, something's happening to me, too. It's never happened this way before. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> It's so... Baby Nation, if you're listening, call 911. <coughs> We're both dying. <laughs> We're both suffering from thack attack. Oh, I just had a major thack attack. Yeah, And I normally that doesn't happen to me because I ain't no Nola thack girl. Yeah, and I am. It's an all in one. Um, Nola and Anne and, and Rachel... They did a moth lore. And Lucia... Yeah. Have somehow found us through in time. This through time through temporal space, yeah. 
They found us and they said, you can't get away from us, boys, because Marianne is a half chub no matter how much you resist it. And I, uh, I mean a moth. A moth. Same thing. Same kind of thing, if you think about it. Mm. It's something that has the potential to be beautiful. Yeah. Glorious and beautiful. Glorious and beautiful. So that's interesting. So yeah, so the first half of this novel, radio novel, I mean, the first half of this radio novel, Marianne is shrinking yeah. and she cocoons, right? And the second half of this radio novel, she evolves, becomes something greater, becomes a, a moth. And she's a big, beautiful moth. And she says to Cokie Mason, mm-hmm. fuck you. She says to Richard Spear, fuck you. Yeah. She even says, I think, to Christy at some point, fuck you. She's salty with she everyone. She says to Logan, yeah. fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. Logan's like, I'm dating Dorothy something. <laughs> Let's I'll tell you who Logan's dating. Folks, you're gonna fucking love this. Logan's dating Dorian Wallingford. Dorian Wallingford. <laughs> Marianne's like, I don't give a shit. As long as it's not Cokie Mason. Fuck you. I don't give a shit. She dances with Woody Harrelson on the fucking dance floor. It's Woody Harrelson? I think that's the name of the guy. From Natural Born You spend about like half of your entire description of this book describing Woody Harrelson. He's like a guy. I hate Woody Harrelson. On the the yearbook committee. He's nobody. He's nobody. He's never existed before. This is Nola's half-baked attempt at putting her name in the annals of Babysitter's Club history by being like, Woody was mine. It's like, what? Who? Woody? Here's a never existed before. When they're doing the uh, superlatives. And he's a fucking cokey flunky. He's a kind of a cokey flunky. They're doing the superlatives at the yearbook, and Woody says, it doesn't have to be a dog show, Abby. That's Nola's influence. What we need to do to make it more student-friendly is add categories that will include all students, like most artistic, most creative, most likely to accidentally invent a time machine. Okay. What would your superlative be? Most pedantic? Not at my school. (laughs) <laughs> my, at my at the school I went to, it would be like appropriately pedantic. <laughs> That's not much of a superlative. Like we all wore fucking ties and jackets, and it was run by Benedictine monks, and it was very academic. Were, would you say you were the biggest bad boy at your school? No. What were you? You were pretty middle of the road then, huh? I was a little bit of everything, man. I was cool, but also. Stu- I mean, you everybody was studious. Cool, you cool. I was cool. Yeah. I mean, for the school, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I've said this before, yeah. but I feel like if I had not left, if I had not left for New York and made a lot of new friends and, and sort of become like the person I am, mm-hmm. I think my superlative would have been most likely to become a juggalo. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I feel like I really, in in high school, growing up in Colorado, kind of dipped my toes in yeah. the Juggalo lifestyle a little bit. I had some friends who were Juggalos. You fucked around with ICP? I didn't really, but like I had friends who did, and it was like, it would not have taken much for them to be like, hey, you should listen to this. You I took like, ICP's side in the ICP M&M feud. I would have. Yeah. Absolutely would have. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think that probably would have been my superlative, most likely to become a juggalo. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think my, I'll take my one, appropriately pedantic. Appropriately pedantic is not, you know what superlative means, right? Mm-hmm. That's a superlative <laughs> to me. <laughs> and that's, you know, perfectly middle of the road. What would your superlative be, Baby Nation? That's your homework. Oh, it's a, it's a quiz. Maybe it's a quiz. What would your superlative be? 
What is your superlative? Think about your worst trait that everyone hates about you. Okay. Imagine what it would be like if you didn't resist that and had embraced it. Okay. Or like think about the people who you look back on your life and think about the people who influenced you at certain parts of your life who you feel bad about now. Yeah. You know? And then that is the thing you would have most likely have been. That sucks for people. I know. It's not a fun game. <laughs> okay. Um, should we take a little break? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so have we said to everybody who's listening all the things that, know. that happen in this radio novel? I don't know. Okay. Why don't I... Why don't I walk us through it? Okay. Marianne's on the yearbook. She and Cokie Mason are in a big fight, and the big fight is mostly because Cokie Mason is spreading rumors about her in relation to her recent breakup with Snike Negreus. That sounds right so far. Then Marianne decides that she's not going to be the shrinking half-chub, to use a technical term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is in fact going to evolve into a giant moth. Full chub. Yes. Yeah. And the way that she does that Tor- is... Torktog. Fully in- torktog. Okay, I, we got there. Yeah. Is by engaging Carrie Retlin, the master of mischief. Yes, yes. The master to of mischief. do pranks on Cokie Mason. And the culmination of those pranks will be at her Cokie Mason's big party. But the problem is... Marianne gets grounded, and uh, because I think it's it's the purge, right? Because there's a curfew. There is, so it is purge. Yes, that sounds right. And I'm having trouble remembering all of the lore. Yeah, in the radio novels, but I do seem to have some sort of awareness around the purge. There's something about the, the purge. purge from the reading radio novels, and it's referenced here. Speaking of going after Koki, if you talk to Carrie again, no, and I haven't mailed the subscription cards either. They have this plan to, to mail uh, subscription cards to get her subscribed to a bunch of magazines. You ever do that? Um, you ever do that to fuck with someone? We did a thing in... Um, Senior year, where we uh, signed a, a friend of ours up for every college mailer, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but with a funny name. That is that is good. Yeah, you ever do that? Yes, actually, did almost exactly that. Yeah, signed someone up with for something with a funny name. That's funny. Yeah, it is funny. Although, if Koki goes too far, she could be reading Popular Mechanics in triplicate very soon. We laughed. We also agreed that we needed to do some party planning of the sneaky Carrie Retland mischief kind. And then I realized what time it was. I gasped. Oh, no, I'm late. Way past curfew. I can't believe they haven't called yet. I don't know who they is. I guess it's the authorities. It's the thought police. Yeah. And then it's curfew because it's I, – I don't know if it's – I can't remember what Anne does with, with the Purge mythology. Is Purge night every night in Stony Brook? Or did she just night. set a lot of books during Purge Night? I guess what the, they well, do is a movie. Tied into, they always set the movies into, during Purge Night. Well, for Anne, it's tied into Amber Theory. So it's like Purge Night is one night a year, but it's always that one night a year. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's sort of like the Halloween hop in that way. Yeah. Every night yeah, is Purge it's Night. It's just kind of always Purge Night. Um, so, but Marianne, the new evolved Marianne, 
Moth Marianne. Yes, Mothianne. Mothianne. That's good. I like that. She calls herself the overprotected. Right. Dad was right. I wasn't. I was Marianne Spear, the overprotected. Mothianne, the overprotected. Mothianne becomes... Sort of a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. Yeah. Because she's not really overprotected. She's she's embraced her own sort of life and, and taken her life into her own hands. And she decides that Purge Nighter, no, she will go out. And she gets grounded. Well, because she wants to go do crime. She wants to do, go do crime. Yeah. She wants to go destroy the life of Cokie Mason. In her mansion. And it's the one night a year where she's allowed to go do that. Yeah, and she does. And it's powerful. While we're talking about Cokie... Yeah. I want to introduce some other sort of mythology that Anne likes to tap into a lot. Yeah. Because I think Anne sort of revealed something about Cokie this week. Okay. Cokie, nasty, mean. Yeah. Awful person. Yeah. She's unpleasant this week. Likes to sort of mix um, pain, Mm -hmm. causing people pain with pleasure, both her own and sort of like... The pain that she inflicts is sort of tied into past pleasures. So, like, what she does with Marianne is she t- she sort of, like, centers in, hones in on Marianne's failed relationship with Logan Bruno and sort of, like, finds a way to create tension around the fact that Marianne and Logan used to be an item and are no longer an item. And she kind of, like, constantly, like, makes Marianne think about and miss Logan. Right. In, you know, sort of a romantic way. Mm-hmm. So she's, she, something Kogi does is she causes pain. She causes pain and, and sort of mixes it with, what's the word I'm thinking of? Pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, pleasures of the flesh. Okay. I see where you're going here. And then they, so Koki Mason also throws a party mm-hmm. and invites everyone at SMS, Marianne included, and Marianne shows up at Koki's house. Following Abby's lead, Christy and I nodded and smiled at Mr. and Mrs. Mason. They seemed perfectly nice. I wondered if they had considered the possibility that Cokie and their real baby had been switched in the hospital. Those things did happen, after all. We walked for several miles down carpeted halls past mirrors and vases of fresh flowers. Wow, I said. This house is almost as big as yours, Christy. Oh, so it's miles so, long. I actually missed that. It's miles long inside their it's house. It's miles long. It's labyrinthian. Yeah. I don't know if you know much about the Hellraiser mythology, Jack, but... I mean, I do just from reading these Babysitter's Club books. Cenobites come from an alternate reality, sort of hell-like plane called the Labyrinth. Okay. Where it's miles of unending hallways and you're being pursued by this terrible monster the entire time um and if you solve the lament configuration not only are you introduced to a world of pain and pleasure yeah by the cenobites but you are also dragged to the labyrinth where you need to sort of spend eternity fleeing from this horrible beast and that's what's happening with koki that's what's happening with marianne i think koki is definitely a cenobite okay yeah and I think she comes from the labyrinth, the labyrinthian plane. And it's something Anne talks about a lot in these books. She loves to do it. And she's, she's got limited time. She's only got a few books left. So she's obviously trying to wrap up the Hellraiser. She's trying to get as much with stuff as this big as reveal. 
Yeah. That Cokie. Cokie Mason is a Cenobite. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And it's, I mean, it's all in the text, you know? I You you try to dispute it. You can't. Try to dispute it. You can't. You can't. You can't. Read the fucking book. Read the book. Come on. Read the book. It's in the Read book. Read the book. Cokie Mason is a Cenobite. Yeah. She lives in the labyrinth. She's dragged Marianne there, and she's introduced her to a, to world, a world of pleasure and pain, but she didn't expect that Marianne uh, is now Mothrianne, Moth- isn't she? Mothrianne, yep. And and be afraid, be very afraid, because it's Mothrianne now. She's the one who knocks! She's the one who knocks. Just like us. Um, should we turn to a lighter topic? Yeah. Um, yeah, if you got one. I've got a sexier topic. Hell yeah, bud. It's light. Hell yeah. And it's sexy and it's fun. And it occurs during the the pal- heart palpitating passage where Marianne is trying to escape from her house. Yes. So Marianne gets grounded because she's being snied and, and curt with Richard. And let me read you this passage, and I'll try to read oh, it. Oh, and she's late. She's late coming back from a babysitter's club meeting because she's too busy conniving with Christy. Yeah, and Mr. Spear gets angry. So she's sneaking out. She's grounded, and she's sneaking out. This is not a, the Marianne of yesteryear, folks. Strap yep. in. Put on your seatbelts because this is not the Marianne you're used to. Put on your seatbelts. Put on your fucking seatbelts. It's not unless you're in New Hampshire. Yeah, because there you live free or die. Um. I'm going to try to read this as sexy as I can. Please. I walked boldly downstairs and through the room. Doing your British accent. Are you sure? Ladies love it. Yep. I walked boldly downstairs and through the living room. I hovered outside the den door. I heard the murmur of voices and then I heard Sharon say, Oops, I dropped one. I'll get it for you my father said. Sharon snorted. And see what letter it is. I'll get it. I heard the laughter in my father's voice as he said, no, I insist. Deciding that both Sharon and my father were looking down at the floor for a scrabble piece instead of toward the door, I took a giant step across the den entrance. I stopped and held my breath. Got it. Sharon was triumphant. Yes, but it's my turn, my father answered. And they're playing Strip Scrabble. Goosh, yep. And they're playing <laughs> Strip Scrabble. Aren't and they? we're all gooshing. <laughs> and I think we should do a little table setting because I don't know if we've got new listeners from the video novels. Well, if we didn't before, we got them now. If we didn't before, we got them now. Something you need to know about Jack, Baby Nation. Baby Bees is that he's secretly British. He has actually a British accent. He affects a American accent to impress, well, me, I guess. <laughs> like his friends. Initially, you affected this American accent to impress your... your Who knows what's going on anymore? Private school friends, right? In Washington. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's just to impress me. Yeah. So, Jack is secretly British. That British accent you heard just now was real and authentic. That's the real Jack. The Jack we talk to every day is a fake Jack. It's a facade. (laughs) He's always sort of one step 
separated from reality because of his fake accent. And, but most important... Jack, well, how old are you now? 42? No. 41. Something Somewhere in that area. Why don't you drop the pretense already, embrace who you are, return to your roots, pick up your natural British accent again? I'm an American how citizen often do people, now. How often do people try to convince you to go back to your British accent? Less and less. I think you should do it. I think you should embrace it. I think you should go back to being British Jack again. My dad has a theory that my British accent, whatever it is now, is trapped in the 80s. <laughs> Which is a, when I left England. Oh, uh, radical, father. So, so it's like, it's an accent that, that it doesn't exist. It's like trapped in time. I, who knows what it is. But that's not what we're here to talk about, is it? What we are here to talk about is Strip Scrabble. Strip Scrabble, it's part of a complex and interesting sex life. And dangerous. And dangerous sex life that Sharon and Richard have. You know what Richard does in this novel immediately after Strip Scrabble is he goes straight to the refrigerator, doesn't he? Mm, he needs to. He needs to. Caffeinate. He's got to go cool off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it works, folks. I do not know how it works. But they're playing Strip Scrabble because Marianne is like, oh, Marianne is the worst sneaker out of all time. It's like it's literally eight o'clock and she's like. Oh, fake yawn. I need to turn in for the night. <laughs> and then she goes and puts on makeup and She perfume. puts on makeup and like her fucking like nicest jeans and puts a bathrobe over it and her dad is like like peeks his head around the door. She's wearing like full makeup. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> she's like, Yes, I'm fine. Um uh, yeah, she's not very good at sneaking out. Um I was a good kid, I never had to sneak out. Yeah. My parents just trusted me. That's nice. My mom's here. Actually, you know what? My mom's here. She asked to be on the podcast. She wants to be on the podcast. She d- almost demanded it. She was like, do you need me to be on the show? Okay. Should I text her and have her come down and talk about what a good kid I was? Sure. Yeah. Okay. One sec. That sounds great. That sounds great. Text and we'll her. round this out. Well, should we do mom, our burn of the week while we wait for her? Can you come down and be on the podcast? Yes, let's do our burn of the week while we're waiting for Dawn to respond. It's our... (gasps) It's a good one. A book full of burns this week. I got in so much trouble. She's literally sprinting down here. I got in so much trouble last weekend when I was pretending to be a bat. On the little sister? I I want to hear the aftermath of that. Uh, My mom's here. My mom's here. We're going to have to hold Burn of the Week until my okay. mom is done. Jack was talking. So, hi. 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 We are recording. Hi. Um, you can't hear Jack, me, Dawn. But... She, can't hear, she can't hear you. No. Hi, Jack. Um, in this book, Marianne gets grounded and sneaks out to a party. And I was talking about how I never... And Jack was like, oh, it's a bad way to sneak out. And he had all these tactics around sneaking out. And I was saying I never had to sneak out because I was a good kid. That's true. And I want you to come on the podcast and talk to Jack about how good of a kid I was. Okay. Hi, Jack. Hello. It's good to see you. It's good. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. Can you see me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We like to, Tanner and I like to look at each other while we talk. Yeah. I've been working at this desk all week. Oh, nice. Um, So tell us what a good boy Tanner was. Or or not. Was he? Tanner was a very good boy. Okay. He, (laughs) as far as I know... Very rarely skipped school. He didn't drink. There was one point that there was beer in the house, at his dad's house, and his dad was gone. Okay. 
And there was the same amount of beer in the house when his dad got home after a weekend. And this is when Tanner was in high school, right? Like, why would you not drink the beer right. that your parents left behind well, in high school? Okay. No, you're not a loser. You're not a loser. <laughs> so the the story is that there was beer, but it was not Tanner's, and he didn't drink it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, cool guy. I, yeah. he, he was a cool guy. He, <laughs> he didn't drink other people's beers. So yeah. He was just a, he 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 didn't sneak out. Well, here's the truth: is both he and his sister are horrible liars. Okay. So when you can't lie, you can't get away with sneaking out. Uh, part what parties did he go? To parties? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you go to parties, Tanner? No, I wasn't invited to. No, he says no. No beer smoking. Oh, heavens no. Okay. No smoking. Wow. Staying out past curfew? That's something that happens in this novel. Staying out past curfew? No. Didn't have a curfew. Didn't, well, yeah, he didn't really have a curfew, but he also never stayed out late. Okay, here's a question for you. Can you remember... The last time that Tanner was grounded. I don't know that I can remember that Tanner ever got grounded. What a good, what a goody two shoes. He was a good boy. Yeah, he was a good boy. Was that a worry? That he was too good. That he was too much of a goody two shoes. No, no, because he was really naughty when he was a little boy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, so. He, got, he got it all out in the first. <laughs> he got it all out of his system. He was really, really high strung and difficult when he was little. But then when he got older, he just mellowed out. Did he wear oversized jeans? Oh, of course. <laughs> he was very stylish all of his life. That's cool. I don't know. It's not a very interesting story, is it? Well, that you're. I'd like to remind you that what you're, what the story that you're saying is not very interesting is your son's <laughs> early life. That he was like he was such a good boy <laughs> that I didn't ever have to worry about anything. <laughs> That's good. That's nice. That is a good thing. He also didn't, he didn't drive until he was eight, almost. No, you were 18. He turned 18 in January and he started driving in April. Okay. And only because his grandfather forced him to start driving. We, we've been trying to figure out what our yearbook superlative would have been. Yeah. Can you think off the top of your head in senior year what Tanner would be most likely to no. Okay, let me think about this. Uh, I think Tanner would be most likely to... I mean, I just have this... Be a juggalo. <laughs> Tanner says be a juggalo. No, I think... Um, I just keep picturing him on his rollerblades. Rollerblading okay. back and forth, too. So this is, fam- this is famous on our podcast, is that Tanner is yeah. like, a rollerblader. And yeah. so he's give- he gave up the dream. That's the thing. He didn't have time. He's one of these. He's like a young Olympians. He didn't have time to like sneak out and use no, drugs. No, and he was a good worker, go right? Parties. Like he worked. He worked at McDonald's and he worked really hard and he made friends with everybody. Like everybody loved Tanner. This Even feels the like guys, propaganda. Like, now. I would go to McDonald's and all the guys would be like, "Tanner's funny." <laughs> like okay. Here, so here's something I'd like to get the answer to. So last yeah. week, Tanner and I recorded. Uh, an episode of our little sister little episodes uh, which uh, listeners can subscribe to at patreon.com slash bscc podcast I am a subscriber you're a subscriber see oh yeah come on people right yeah Um, we sing the descriptions and uh, Tanner did a bit where he decided he needed to scream like a bat 
Oh, yeah, I, I heard it. And he woke the child. He woke the baby. What was that like on the other side? On the other <laughs> side of the equation? Well, I've never seen Jamie get really mad at him before. <laughs> but she was very, very mad at him. So... Yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, screaming and waking the baby is not a great idea. That's not okay. Is that, is that, is that, is that being a bat? <laughs> he was a bat. Um, no, he was not a good idea. I do like when Tanner sings the descriptions, though, because A, he didn't sing that much. And now that I hear him sing karaoke when he's an adult, yeah, it's weird with pipes like that. into it, right? He's a real talent. Real talent. There were a lot of road trips between Colorado and Minnesota where we would listen to, well, Les Mis a lot. Um, Garth Brooks, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, and then one of the what were those mother-daughter country western red-haired team? He sang a lot of that too. But I, the Judds, there you go. The Judds. He used to sing a lot of that too. Yeah. That's lovely. What a cool guy. It was lovely. He was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little biased, but I think he was a cool guy. Now I told you the stories about going to prom or football. Who did Tanner take? Oh, Tanner took a. Um, uh, an object of prom, right? A volleyball. A volleyball. Wilson. Yeah. Wilson the volleyball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a claim to fame. Yeah. He and Jim were a, a force to be reckoned with when they were in high school. Jim from Mallory hates boys and Jim. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, mean, I think it's the same Jim. I'm pretty sure it's the same Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Not 100%, but I'm pretty sure. That's cool. All right. Well, don't ever tell Tanner this, but he's a good one. I like him. I like him D- too. Don't, don't say it in a way that he could hear oh. that I've said something that might be nice about him. I like Jakey <laughs> Radowski too. <laughs> How's that? That's good. That's perfect. Good cover. All right. Yeah, thanks. Um, well, it has been very nice to speak with you. It's been nice to see- speak with you too. I like seeing Cyril on channels, social media channels. Yeah. He's such an interesting little... <laughs> All the boys are so awesome. I'm like, oh, he's so grown up. Yeah. Cyril's yeah. a pain in the butt, but he's, a, he's, he? he's, he's, like he's lovely. Oh, and now Tanner's asking if I like Miles more or Cyril more. Of course. Miles is cu- is very cute. He's funny. He's just a miniature version of his father. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to the point that sometimes even some of the same behaviors, I'm like, ooh, buckle up. It's going to be a long eight years. This kid's going to be good. wooing all the volleyballs. Yeah, right. You can't get enough volleyballs. <laughs> um, yeah, so sorry I don't have any great Tanner. was a bad voice stories. Well, I'm glad we've had you on the show. We've had my mom on the show a couple times. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, I, Yeah, I've noticed. Redressing the balance in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I prefer a little even distribution of moms on the podcast. <laughs> Seems yeah. a little more fair. So, all right. Well, it's good to see you. It's very good Say to see you. To yeah. You. Your lovely family for me. I will. I was trying to think how long ago it was we were in Austin, but Cyril was pretty teeny tiny at that point. Long enough ago that we could all go out to a bar together. (laughs) Remember those days? That was the best. (laughs) It was the best. All right. Well, take care. Good to talk to you. Bye. Uh, Wow. Your mom told me a lot of cool stuff about your, like, Yeah, no, it always, it's, it, you always know. You're cool when your mom comes on your podcast and says that <laughs> that you're you were cool. <laughs> like she can't think of a single time where he did anything bad. I thought he was cool, is what your mom says. And you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, I must have been cool if my mom said so. Oh, I re- that I really enjoyed that. Um, let's do our burns and then let's get out of here and leave and go. 
You know what my mom doesn't know? What? And the, the keep in mind that the um, walls of my new home, Connecticut home, are pretty leaky, and she can definitely hear me saying this, but my mom doesn't know the time that I found the penthouse magazine that she had. Wow. Okay. Um, which was weirdly from the month of my birth. Okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe someone gave it to a her. A lot of moms like do that. They'll save the penthouse or... magazine from the month yeah. of their kid's birth just as yeah. like a memento. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I held on to that. That was, like, <laughs> that was something I got. Is that even Playboy, which you read for the articles, you know? Yeah, no, this was smut. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's do our burns here. Um, I'd love to do a burn. This book is yep. full of burns. So Marianne, I don't know if we've... We, Marianne's a badass in this book. She's a badass. Yep. Um, okay, can I say my burn? Yep. I, I want to say... I'm trying to decide whether I should say a burn from Marianne or a burn from Koki. Because those are these are the two players in the burn game this week. Yeah, it feels... It, the, Koki had a lot of good burns, but it feels bad putting on a Koki burn. Yeah. I'm going to do a Marianne burn, burn so I'm going to I'm going to leave you with the Koki burn. I'm going to start with well, the Marianne burn. I don't burn. want the Koki burn. I want to do the Marianne burn. You do the Koki burn. You do the Koki burn. Okay. <laughs> Here's my Koki burn. Uh, it's when they're they're talking about the Koki's big party. I shifted my pack and she's talking about the like Carrie Retlin is on some weird shit cuz he's like, "Oh god, Carrie <gasps> Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. That's beautiful. It's our segment where we talk about Carrie Ratlin, I think. Carrie Ratlin is such a presence in this book. He's so good. He's so dangerous. They they weaponize Carrie Ratlin. Yeah. So they they need to get back at Koki for spreading all these rumors about Marianne. Uh, and and Marianne says, like, oh, we need a little help, like, getting back at Koki. And Christy's like, are you sure? And, and Marianne's like, yeah. And then Mar- Christy says... Then there's only one thing to do. Talk to the master of practical jokes and diabolical schemes. Yeah. Christy pronounced. Who, I asked. Carrie Retlin. Fuck yeah. Of course. And they sort of like Beetlejuice style summon him into our realm mm-hmm. to do Just to high do mischief. On, yeah. To do mischief on Koki Mason. And he says. One of the coolest things in the world. Yeah. God, Carrie Rowland's such a good character, and he's so cool. He's amazing. Marianne's like, Carrie, we need help. Koki Mason is destroying my life. She's being such a bad lady. Can you help us? Yeah. And Mar- and uh, Carrie Rowland says, Koki, now there is one of life's complications. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, I thought you would be into it. And he was like, life's complications should be interesting, Carrie pronounced. Not, he paused, seeming to search for a word. Not sordid, petty, and unimaginative. I'm afraid Koki is all three. Yes, I'll help. <laughs> I'll take the mission. He's like he's like a Loki figure. Oh, he's so good. He's it's like, like- he could be good, he could be evil, and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Because his one, his, his through line, his one like guiding light, is that complications make life more make life interesting? interesting. That's and his like, catchphrase. Koki is not Koki is not complicated. She's she's petty. 
She's petty and basic and uninteresting. And, and therefore, like, she doesn't count as a complication. If yeah. she had been interesting in the way that complications can be, he'd be like, I can't take a side in this. Yeah. Like, he's not I'm good afraid. or evil. He's just, he's chaotic neutral. He's chaotic neutral. He, but he, he has, like, one goal, which is to create complications. And so he so pauses good. in that moment. Marion's like, will you help me? And he's like... I don't know. Would it be more interesting? Would it cause more complications to not help you? And then he's like, "No, Koki's boring because she's petty." And so I Corey, will Koki's help boring you. in in the opposite way that he's used to. Like he's used to like shaking things up. Yeah, the status. He's used to like going against the status quo. Yeah, but like Koki is such a villain that he's like, "That's just as boring." It's so cool. It's so fucking cool. And I need to. I need to fuck with that as well. God, it's so good. Carrie Rutland's the coolest character in these books. I'm sad that we don't get more time with him. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, but he does this cool thing where he's like, he's like, he makes, he's like, okay, I'll help you. And then he's like, let's go into the library and we're going to take 100 magazine subscription cards. We're going to subscribe Koki to all of them. They do that. They spend like however long it takes to do that. And then Marion's like, okay, should I mail these? And he's like, no. No, hold them. Hold them. That's your insurance policy. That's your insurance policy. That, he, you know what he says? He says, that's your confidence. Yeah. It's that's so like, good. God, that's good. He's like, you can fall back on that if you need to. Just like knowing that you have these in your pocket will make you feel more powerful. And it keeps coming up whenever Marianne's like afraid. She's like, she like feels the cards in her pocket. And she's like, no. <laughs> it's so, it's good. so good. Carrie's so good. <laughs> it's so good. All right. What's your burn? Here's my burn. I shifted my pack and felt the bump of the subscription cards against my arm. Thanks. I said, I'd love to come to your party, Koki. Koki, who'd been rummaging in her purse, looked up in surprise. I gave her a big smile and added, you don't have to give me your address. I know where you live. (laughs) I'll take it, said Carrie, extracting the invitation from Koki. That's a menacing thing to say to someone. Great, Koki chirped. She smiled at Carrie. Her smile disappeared as she turned to me. And I'm glad you're going to come, Marianne. It'll be nice for you to get out. (laughs) (laughs) that's good Koki has a lot of these sort of like very biting burns yeah Yeah, she's very good she's got a subtlety it's it's like it's it's like she's good at the burn that's like it sounds nice yeah non-Koki burn yeah burn on Koki burn onto Koki yep burn onto Koki as Koki's would burn onto you yeah Austin and Abby were sitting at the table boxes stacked in front of them there you are said Austin come on start counting Marianne and Austin and Abby are on the features team at the yearbook, and they have to count all the superlative votes. Yep. I dropped my pack on the floor and sat down. I pulled a ballot box towards me and realized that Koki was in the room, too. She came out from one of the computer stations and said, You're late, Marianne. I felt Abby's scrutiny. My neutral expression hadn't been as neutral as I'd thought. Clearly, some misery is showing on my face. Koki saw it, too. I swear I saw her eyes light up. Are you all right, Marianne? She asked with fake concern. I'm fine, thank you. My hands fluttered uselessly among the slips of paper. You certainly don't look it, Koki purred. You look awful. Suddenly, I couldn't take it anymore. I felt my eyes blaze with rage. I stood up and faced Koki. Well, it takes one to know one, doesn't it, Koki? And you, of all people, ought to know about Awful, because in my opinion, when they were handing out Awful, you were first in line. 
Koki actually took a step back. Austin scooted his chair a little way from the table as if we, he was afraid we were going to start throwing things. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's a good burn, but I also just like Austin Bentley punctuating it with like, oh shit. Whoa, fuck. <laughs> I was not expecting this. I have to get out of the fucking way. I was not this expecting. Is, this is two titans. Fucking mothy ant. Fucking Mothra over here. It's Mothra versus Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla. Um, good burn. Lots of good burns. Koki's pretty good at burns, but they're mean, bad burns because she's a mean, bad girl. And Marianne's good at burns because she's evolved, and the evolved form of Marianne is now with us, and it's a Mothian. It's Mothian. Yeah. We didn't get a lot to... We didn't get a chance to talk a lot about Woody, a made-up character that... Um, Nola's really trying to make Nola's Woody made happen. up. He's sort of a dickhead. I mean, do you That's think it. it's because this episode's been mostly, like, about half chubs and Woody's... Yeah, I think Nola probably thought we were going to kind of go in a half chub direction. Yeah. And she was like, I'm going to give him a guy called Woody, <laughs> which is... Uh, the, the, and they'll spend a lot of time with that, and then we just did nothing with it. Yeah, she expected us to really meditate on that. <laughs> well, we are now, you know. So, Baby Nation, Woody is sort of a um, term of art in the boner community. <laughs> it is... Yeah, everybody knows what a half chub is, man. <laughs> yeah (laughs) so a lot of different cool ways to say sort of boner or like half boner yeah there's a lot of that episode you take only one thing away from this week please do take that away and if you're new to the show welcome welcome yeah um (laughs) we did kind of see a bump in our numbers after the netflix (laughs) miniseries so yeah and so probably some this is folks it. have stuck around. Oh, and, and and of course you had the two preceding episodes. <laughs> One, which was business as usual. No <laughs> sort of commentary or deliberation about the fact that we had just done <laughs> 10 episodes about the Netflix series. And then the next, which is a complete departure, fantasy fever dream about two teenage girls <laughs> living in the future. And now um, this, we are the two literal dumbest idiots. And I wish I had your mom back here to be like, hey, talk about how dumb of an idiot Tanner is. Yeah. And then this one's all about boners. So yeah, this one's all about we'll boners. See you next week. I do think that is time to leave and also to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should go leave and we should go and we should leave and go. Um, and what I'd like to say to you, Tanner, is thank you for bearing with me. I would like to say to the Baby Nation, thank you for bearing with us. Um, I would like to uh, remind you to please subscribe to our Patreon. It is patreon.com slash podcast. We talk about the little sister books. We sing the descriptions. And sometimes Tanner screams like a bat and annoys his family. Yeah, I got in a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> um, uh, please also In do- my defense. Yeah, okay. I thought I was supersonic. <laughs> Please do buy our merch. We've got lots of good merch at bit.ly slash BSCC merch. You can get t-shirts. You can get totes. You can get stickers. You can get pins and more. Mm. Uh, remember to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. It helps us to stay relevant on the Apple algorithm. So if you take just one second to go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a nice rating and a, a just write a few words in a review and it will mean the world to us and we will appreciate it. Um, and finally, please, for the love of God, join the Baby Nation Facebook group. It's at Facebook. 
It's at Facebook. It's Just at search Facebook. for Baby Nation, which yeah. is the name of the group. Yeah. It's it's on our Facebook page, which is the Babysitter's Club Club, but the group is where all the action happens. You know that by now, surely. All that remains is for me to say that this week we – the fuck my life. All that yeah, remains is for duck. me to say fuck that this week what Jack we read a radio novel. And it was called Babysitter's Club Friends Forever Number 8, Marianne's Revenge. Next week, we're going to be reading a radio novel that is called, and I'm so excited to say this, Babysitter's Club Friends Forever Number 9, Christy and the Kidnapper. That sounds so good. Yeah, it sounds fucking awesome. They are really pulling all the fucking stops out. You know what it is? At the end of these Friends Forever books. I'm realizing it's definitely going to be Ellen Miles, whose whole thing is like, yeah, I'll write a Friends Forever book, but it's got to be a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a mystery, and it's got to be a huge bummer. Yeah. Um, although it might be, there's a chance that it could be the entity who deal with this sort of morbid like child crime. Yeah, they do like to deal with crime and horror. Um, Baby Nation, we are screaming... At 99.99999 repeating percent, the speed of light towards the end of these books. And by the end of these books, I mean literally the end of all of these books. We've read them all. And the point of me saying that is make peace with your God now. (laughs) Get your last will and testament in order. Yeah. Prepare to take to the field with us. Yeah. And have your corporeal being consumed by birds and your soul carried to heaven because our souls are almost free from this torment. (laughs) And what comes next? Nobody knows and no one can know. Maybe nothing. Yeah. Maybe something beautiful. If you've witnessed how we handled shifting from the Friends Forever series to the Netflix series and back, you will know with full confidence that nobody knows and no one can know, and we are included in that. <laughs> yeah. It could be beautiful. It could be hellish. <laughs> it could be nothing at all. It could just be birds. nothing. It could just be birds. Uh, help us figure and out what we're going to do next. Be, rest assured we'll do something. Do help us. Well, no, 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 no. You're going against my very message. It could be nothing. Yeah. It probably won't be nothing. <laughs> this is all Jack and I have. But, yeah, if you have an idea of what we can do next, please just, I don't know, tweet us or whatever. Let us know. Um, I'm going to leave you, Tanner, with a thought starter as I do the outro, uh, which yeah. is that good. I love, I love it when you challenge me with a thought starter going should, into next week. I just want you to meditate and ruminate on this. Um, yeah. Next week we're reading Christy and the Kidnapper. Yep. Is kidnapping the opposite of babysitting? Think about that. Kidnapping. Well, no, because when you do Think kidnap, you have to babysit. Think about well. it in your head. It's sort of, it's sort of mind, elevated. Not out loud. It's elevated Think about kidnapping. it in your brain. Or elevated babysitting. Think about it quietly. Okay. This week, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. Please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's. Remember the trip man. Take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Oh, what the time of
baby sisters You're wearing a mist shirt. Don't think I, I know didn't it's notice. cool, huh? It's like so understated. I know. It's just a sweater. It's a sweatshirt, a crew neck sweatshirt. It's green and it just says mist in embroidered gold text. It's cool. It's yeah. Somehow I think that's like even more nerdy than if it was like like a big graphic. <laughs> like in your face. Yeah. It's just like, you know what I'm talking about. This version is like, you know what I'm talking about. I bought it on a website called Limited Run Games, and what they do is they take games, like old games, and they'll reproduce them for modern consoles. Yeah. So, like, they reproduced Myst for the Nintendo Switch and sold it as, like, a cartridge. And then alongside the cartridge, they also sell, like, Myst shirts and Myst hats. <laughs> and I bought both the game and this this shirt. That's very cool. Most likely to buy a cool... <laughs> sweater <laughs> Miss, Miss Crewneck yeah that was a headgum podcast <laughs> <laughs>